Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for June 18th of 2021. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I can Walsh from Hockey Hurts. And this week's podcast, we will be discussing uh, the futures of two uh, huge names, one a forward, one a defenseman. They are Jack Eichel and Dougie Hamilton. Both appear like they will be having uh, new threads next year. Uh, for different reasons, and um, we're going to start there. We'll start with uh, Jack Eichel and uh, the scuttlebutt out of western New York and in Buffalo is that it could be days, not weeks, that Jack Eichel could be traded from the Buffalo Sabres. So things are starting to get real. I think everybody's resigned themselves to the fact, at least in, in my neck of the woods, that Eichel has played his last game as a Sabre, and it appears now things are coming to a head. So it's kind of a big deal when a 24, 25-year-old stud center is on the market. That's nuts, isn't it? It's absolutely crazy. It's um, the dumbassery that's led up to this is incredible <laughs> because... The Sabres, for all their faults, did the right thing by tanking in the McDavid year. No, they didn't get McDavid, but they got as good of a consolation prize as I can remember a number two pick being in recent years. It's it's in the neighborhood of, oh, we didn't get Alex Ovechkin, so I guess Evgeny Malkin will do. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because that was exactly Malkin. where I was hitting. Yeah. He's not yeah, quite yeah, yeah. Malkin, but like, let's be honest he's up there he's been a great player in this league with not a lot of help and we're going to find out if the Sabres can move on from Eichel and not completely fuck it up like the O'Reilly trade or we're going to see if they fuck it up exactly no 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 so you you bring up that O'Reilly that fucked the entire Sabres it's idea. why they're trading Uncle right now, basically. Correct. Like, that is hilarious. Like, you get there and you reference that particular trade, and you sit there and, and you go, that particular fucked up trade is exactly why they're now about to get rid of a franchise player. Like, you don't, you don't hear this podcast say many players are franchise players. Eichel is one of those guys that you can build a franchise around. The problem that the Sabres have got is... Is he 24, 25? Yeah, my he's, age is always a little bit he's off. He's entering the best years of his career. And he has signed yeah. a reasonable contract for five more years. Yeah, and, and it's, it's one of those things where it's like the Sabres should be asking a King's Ransom and they're not going to get it because of his neck. Yeah, um, so about that. He wants to have a neck surgery that has not been performed on a hockey player to this point, an NHL hockey player. It has been um, performed on some UFC fighters, which, you know. Oh, Jesus. I, I think that hockey is very physical, but it's not UFC physical as far as, like, the neck is concerned. So, um, yep, yep. Here's the deal. The Sabres do not own... Jack Eichel. He's he's a human being. 
Um, Jack Eichel's body is his. I can understand the Sabres having reservations about, uh, I don't know if groundbreaking is the right word, groundbreaking or new procedure. Like, I get the apprehension there. But at the end of the day, like, he's your franchise player. You've done nothing to help him. Maybe, like, allow him to take that risk and go along for the ride. Whatever, wherever so say, it's you. Because what's this trade so going to honestly look like? So say, say, say they run down your path, which is let him go have the surgery, and say it goes wrong. Say the worst thing happens and he ends up being a quad or a paraplegic, right? I don't think that's going to Dude, it's a neck surgery. You just don't know. That is kind of I mean, one of those terrifying things. Technically, uh, but I don't think that's. You know what I'm saying, I, right? I, say I, it goes. Say it goes sideways. I may have given you a little bit of a inebriated exaggeration. However, say it goes sideways, right? The problem you have, like if you're the Sabres, is that he never plays again. Yes, you're going to have to pay him out, like well, the rest of his contract. At that point. Correct, and it's like not like the Pagulas have no fucking money. I just I don't understand why they were so steadfast in their attitude towards the way he wanted to look after his neck. I just don't. It just it baffles me. It really, really does. I would have thought they would have had their doctors consult with the people that he wanted to have do the. The procedure, they would have consulted and they would have come together and they would have gone, you know what? All right, if you want to do this, this is what it's going to be. We're just going to. I just, I don't understand how it got so confrontational so quickly. Well, because it, just, of the it, it lead makes up no to sense. It. Well, what, the fact that Cheryl? Team, yeah, okay. Doing nothing to help him. This is his one leverage after he signed his long-term contract is to withhold services. So the only thing he can do is, well, I'm going to have the surgery and oh, by the way, I'm going to be out a really long time and who knows if it works, but (laughs) Jack Eichel's not seriously considering the surgery. If he thinks it's not going to work and his career is going to end, he wants to play NHL hockey. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, We'll see if he's not marrying. This is not a Marion Hosa situation. This is not a Marion Hosa situation where he's trying to wrap it up. He wants to keep going. We'll see if this is a ploy after he gets traded and he's like, oh, maybe I will rehab it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the fact is, he's unhappy. He has every right to be unhappy for the multitude of reasons that uh, you can run down. Uh, for how the Sabres have operated since they've drafted him. And, you know, so what are the Sabres looking for? Well, apparently they're looking for um, highly valuable futures, whether that's prospects or draft picks. So they're not looking to make a hockey trade, which if if you are trading your franchise player at 24 years old, you are signaling... We're starting over again. So I do understand them wanting to go that route. Now, classic Sabres um, situation. 
They are trying to collect futures in a draft year where none of the junior leagues pretty much played a normal season, and the draft, even before COVID, was considered not really one of the better ones in recent memory. So it's almost like they're going in on a shit draft. So uh, just, so just savers, man. with it, you are correct in regards to it's very savers. But the question I have is. If you, because you're in this situation, you're exactly right in regards to trying to grab futures. Would you, if you're the Sabres, would you get there and go, I want your 2023, 2024 first round draft pick, as opposed to, I want your 2021 draft pick? Because nobody knows what the hell is happening in this COVID year. And if I were the Sabres, I would ask for the 2024 draft pick because nobody knows what's happening now. The problem you've got with that is, how the hell do you sell that to a fan base that has been kicked in the nuts? That's three years from now. That's my point. Like, the, the logical thing is to try and get a, a, a like, first-round draft picked away from COVID, right? For all of the obvious reasons. But how far forward, one, can you go? And two, how do you sell that to your fan base? Now, the Sabres are really lucky in that for some unknown effing reason, Buffalo fans are good fans. Well, there's a chink in the like, armor. I'm, they uh, historically throughout this entire decade of the Pagulas never making the playoffs have been atop the ratings. They are not there anymore as of this year. Ooh, okay. There you go. So the patience Oof. and the blind loyalty um, – there's a fork in the road right now with it, and I think it could go downhill fast. As much as I've lived in Western New York my entire life, not Buffalo. Well, you get enough. Yeah. People do love hockey, and they still love hockey, but apathetic towards the Sabers, or, or maybe even aggressive animosity, um, because of. Well, you reckon it's got that far? Yeah, nobody's had like. To get to the point where you're trading, like everybody's the only reason there was to really tune in and watch. And we're going to start a rebuild again, even though the last time we knocked it all down was to get someone like Jack Eichel. But we fucked it up so bad we're getting rid of him. Like, it's a really <laughs> tough to be as bad as the Pagulas have been. So Yeah, okay. Now they're making claims of that they there's a market inefficiency with this COVID draft and that they have put in the work and they can take advantage of other teams not liking this draft as if they didn't lay off their like entire scouting department <laughs> before COVID and don't invest in actual scouting or anything like that? What would put the Sabres in a better position than the Tampa Bay Lightning in this regard or anything like that? So not only are they going to go all in on this draft, they didn't even have the resources invested to go all in on this draft. And the only reason they're saying that is because they're being forced into being all in on this down-year draft where the OHL didn't play, the WHL was limited, the, the Q had a weird season. College hockey was all over the map with uh, cancellations and the schedule and everything. It's a, not a great thing. So um, where, where are the Sabres looking? So 
there's a few things. If they really want to invest in this draft, they have a few options near the top. Now, my ideal option would be to talk with Seattle. What a unique team. Not, they have the number two overall pick. I think they've only signed one other player. <laughs> so their roster's not really there at the moment, you know. So um, I do think when you're talking about Seattle, the number two overall pick for them, they couldn't possibly do better than to get a 24-year-old Jack Eichel to be the face of the franchise. I think the Kraken should be aggressively pursuing this. Um, is the number two overall good enough for Buffalo? Well, it's not like Buffalo is uh, in the driver's seat here. And maybe Seattle has to add a little bit more, but for the Sabres to have the number one and number two overall pick in the draft, I mean, you get your pick of the litter there. You can take Owen Power, who's the defenseman. Um, I mean... Talk about a down year. Like, that's the consensus number one pick. That's it kind of, it, it's funny. Exciting. It kind of, no, you're right, but it kind of feels a little bit, a little bit like when, obviously, if you look at it in a Pittsburgh context, you had like the Crosby Malkin thing year one, year two. They have a chance to do something similar. The problem you've got is that variance of, I don't, doesn't sit. Sound like in this particular draft there is a generational player, whereas you know there was Crosby, Malkin, and Ovechkin in in two years. They were all generational players. Pittsburgh were lucky enough to pick up two of them. Excuse me, two of them. So I don't. I literally don't know how Buffalo. Buffalo just they're screwed. Is the only way I can explain it. Yeah. So, I mean. That's one of the options. I think more so for even Seattle. Like, I really kind of am hoping for that to happen, I guess. It's more of a me wanting that one to happen. But number two overall is a pretty big futures piece. Uh, like, what else are you really looking for? Um, the other team here that's of note is number three overall, and that's the Anaheim Ducks. And... They have um, number three overall. They also have um, Trevor Zegras, who's um, a prospect of note. I doubt the Anaheim Ducks will want to move both, but if I'm the Sabres, I want both. But at the same time, the number three overall makes sense from the Sabres' perspective of, of a futures asset that they want. But does it really make sense for the Ducks to bring in Eichel? Because I don't feel like the Ducks are in, okay, we're a franchise center away from being a contender right now. Contender meaning even the playoffs. It would be, it's weird because Eichel is amazing and you should always want to acquire him, but the Ducks might be better served to keep their futures and do a full rebuild themselves like the Sabres are trying to do rather than, you know, give up the number three overall. Then the number three overall pick, let's be honest, isn't going to be Jack Eichel in my opinion. Uh, Perhaps it is. That would be quite a surprise, but that's the draft in a nutshell, I guess. 
I don't it's know, a, it's I don't know if it one. makes sense for the Ducks. Yeah. It's a tough one because I th- I think you're right with the, with the Ducks because they're, they're, they're not a Jack Eichel away. Like, that's the real... Excuse me. Sorry, guys. I have the hiccups, and I don't think I can get rid of them while I'm going through this podcast, so I apologize. <laughs> Why do um, you have the hiccups, Cam? Because I have been out for the last... <laughs> Five and a bit hours drinking, and I thought I'd got rid of the hiccups, but they've come back. Now listen, smartass. Well, let's try this was and get back to the top. record, so yeah. <laughs> apologies, is. apologies, y'all. It's usually, the reverse. It's um, usually me in the in the night and you in the morning, but uh, we flipped. Yeah, look, look. This this is a 1:22 a.m. recording right now when I'm looking at the clock. Anyway, um. I, th- I think you're right about Anaheim. It, I think it would be ridiculous ridiculous of them to give up assets to grab Eichel now. And the thing that I find uh, a bit weird about this is that, like, I'm assuming he has veto power. Like, I haven't bothered to look up his contract scenario, but I am assuming he, he could just get there and go, I'm not going there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I don't think he would say, "Yeah, let's go to, let's go to Anaheim." I just, I just can't see that happening. I don't Can know. You? Southern California is attractive to be in. It's not Buffalo. No, I, 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 mean. I, yeah, I get that, but he seems like a guy that's driven to win. I, I agree you're not with leaving that. Buffalo. You're not leaving Buffalo to go to Anaheim. They're not even close to winning. Well, here's the deal. He doesn't really have a choice. This is why the Sabres are trading him now. Next July is when his no-movement clause kicks in. That's what I, I was literally on Cap, Cap Friendly trying to find that out. Yes. That's what I so, wanted to know. Thank you. The Sabres moving him now, the benefit is they have a complete palette of teams they can work with, and Eichel really doesn't have a say in declining it. So I get it from that point for the Sabres, but how it got to this point utterly ridiculous um the LA yes. kings are certainly could be a player for this but much like anaheim or even more so than anaheim they have great um set of futures and currents as far as like prospects they might just want to override the course but at the same time eichel can be part of that timeline window being at the age he's at so um for a team like the kings I mean, the Sabres have to, um, they absolutely have to get someone like, um, who was, uh, Quinton Byfield. Like, Quinton Byfield's never going to be out here. Um, Is that like the Cole Caulfield? Like, just for reference for my head? Like. Uh, well, Byfield being a center and a number two overall pick, I believe he was two. I don't. Yeah, he was drafted second overall uh, just last year. So, like, you know, high pedigree there. Um, it depends on what the Kings want to do. Um, they certainly could have Byfield as part of that. I think Byfield in a first would get it done. I don't know if the Kings really want to. Um, I don't even know where the Kings are drafting this year, to be honest, off the top of my head. Like Who wants to pay his $7.5 million signing bonus the year after, though? 
cool. Eichel's that's that's the other thing. I yeah, Eichel, Eichel's got like a like seven point five million dollar bonus after like in 2022-23. So when his no movement clause clicks in, it's like so they trade him next year, right? Like they trade him now. They trade him now. That's whatever. Team. Yeah, they trade him now. Who's gonna take on the seven point five million in a snap? Like you gotta pay him seven point five straight up. That will be a factor for some of these teams that have had no revenue for the last two years. Like this couldn't feel happen like at a worse time the for the Sabres. I feel like the crack. Yeah, you're probably right because they haven't had to play any games or employ like an in-arena staff. Yeah. And, Valid point. Um, that's a good point. They don't have a payroll right now as far as players. Yeah, I think that's you're a good right. One. L.A. shouldn't have any problems. It's L.A. Yeah, um, correct. So, you know, also it's Jack Eichel, like, pony up. <laughs> but no, no, the no, historically I... um, fucked up the O'Reilly trade because they traded him on June 30th at 10 p.m. and avoided paying O'Reilly's salary. And the Blues are like, well, if we're going to drop the money on him, we're not going to give you much. And the rest is history. Yeah. So. Um, I just, it's, it is one, and the reason that that popped into my head is literally that trade, the trade we mentioned earlier that completely fucked up this franchise. Um, and the whole reason that he's going to get moved. It's, it's just, that's, that's why it, it fled up in my head. That's all. So I, I just, that 7.5 mil shouldn't come into the Sabres calculations like it did for O'Reilly. However, it will come into the calculation of whoever's taking them on. That's probably the problem. Yeah. I would sign up for that problem, personally, if I were an NHL owner. Because while these yep, owners I would too. cry poor, uh, the hockey <laughs> teams are not their main source of income. They are incredibly no. rich. And they will make that money back on Eichel merchandise and other things. So, namely winning. <laughs> Playoff game. Yes, playoff as a general rule, yes. So, <laughs> there's that. So I don't know if I have much else on Eichel. It's kind of wait and see at this point. Um, I'm rooting for the Kraken. I think that would be a great, great face of the franchise moving forward for them to start um, on that. And the other thing I'm going to say about the Kraken, uh, now that I mentioned them, um, for those expecting them to go down the Vegas road and take advantage of uh, the stupidity of the other NHL GMs, kind of like uh, the Marchessault Smith stuff, um, I don't think it's going to quite play out that way, but here's how I, I do think it's going to play out. And I do think Seattle's going to have a really good roster because they got a lot of bright people uh, that have been working on this for months. I think, and what I've heard is they are going to try to be as close to the cap floor as possible with their expansion draft. So in year one, they might not have the roster. However, they are going to weaponize that cap space, seeing as though the cap is flat. Other teams will be looking to dump salary, and they are going to swoop in like a shark or a kraken, I guess. How violent are kraken? I don't know. Um very. We'll just say here. They're going to swoop in and take advantage of the economic climate given their financial flexibility. So when I hear people saying, uh, Penguins related, well, the Kraken might take Jason Zucker 
um, if the Penguins leave him exposed because he's a potential top six winger, yada, yada, yada. I don't disagree with any of that. I don't think they're going to want the $5.5 million. I think they're going to want to be near whatever the floor is. Obviously, so they're going to have you, to get there. But if you got Jack right. Eichel at 9.5 mil, that helps. You're, <laughs> you're a lot of the way there. So you, you are literally taking that the complete reverse from what Vegas went for, which was they're just going to go to the cap because they're going to grab everyone's top line unprotected players. That's an interesting look at it. Especially with right? the flat cap making it even more. Of yeah. That. Um, so that is, I think Eichel would be the exception to this, of course, if they wanted to go okay. that route. So just asking you on, on top of that, it's like... Or sorry, Eichel with, $10 million cap it, regardless. Yeah, um, but it's like, why... Okay, so Vegas, obviously, this is the problem that the Kraken have, is that they're going to get compared to Vegas the whole way through, right? Inevitable, it, no matter what. Can't avoid it, Right. So Vegas did did what they did, and they they ripped a whole lot of teams off because they were idiots. So how how I, I probably want you to try and explain this to me a little better for my uh, alcohol laden brain. How is it that jumping out of the expansion draft at the bottom of the cap? level how does that benefit them just just walk me through the that flexibility <laughs> moving forward to do whatever the hell they want teams will want to dump players okay because Thank of the you. flat cap right they will be able to take on these players right so yep. let's say this okay. and even another example let's say they don't even love the player they're taking on because they're bailing the other team out, but also getting paid to take the salary, they can then retain 50% and slug that player off and, and obtain more value. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can almost launder these players because they have the cap. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 okay. That's just that was a bit that, Yeah. Yeah, that was where I was struggling. I was, I was trying to work out, because, like, you know... Everyone goes, oh, just do what Vegas did. You're not going to be able to cheat everybody like Vegas did. No, no, there will be, but not to the level that Vegas did. Not every GM is going to get fleeced twice. Well, Dale's not around anymore. True. But you sit there and you look at it and you go, there are definitely players that you could rip from teams literally because the cap is flat. You're absolutely right in that context, but I just—it feels like the general managers will be a little smarter and a little less, well, a little more. I don't want to look like an idiot like I did last time because Vegas turned out to be what they were. So that's tough on the Kraken in itself. Well, so, they might do that, and then the Kraken might have just flat-out solid players to grab, and they will. Yeah. It, it is, I will admit this, whatever happens at the end of the playoff run, this whole Kraken COVID expansion draft draft is fascinating. Yeah, like, it'll be fun it when certainly, things start picking up you, that way. 
Yeah. And, and the fact that the whole Eichel thing might happen during the playoffs is amazing in itself. That's crazy. Yeah, that's looking like it's going to go down pretty soon. So... It's nuts. Um, so. <laughs> to be honest. Actually, speaking of which, someone else that I think shouldn't move may, but I really hope doesn't, is Dougie Hamilton. What do you reckon? Yeah. Um, I think he's a great fit in Carolina, um, but he is at that age because he's obviously unrestricted and all unrestricted free agents, of course, are at that weird age of, <laughs> oh boy, got to pony up, but we're not going to you know, get the best uh, out of this player by the end of the deal. So it's an interesting one because what is the market for dollars for Dougie Hamilton? In a normal setting, you'd probably be in that $9 million range. He's a, he's a wonderful player. But what's the market? And I think... What the Hurricanes are doing right now is, is really smart, is understanding the situation of, we will let you talk with other teams and gauge the market, and we can do a sign-in trade if we have to. Um, you know, go talk with these teams, see what you can get, so you're empowering the player to explore, but you're also opening the door for, what if he doesn't necessarily hear the $9 million offers um, and the money similar to what Carolina can do. I can't speak for Mr. Hamilton cause I don't know him on a personal level, <laughs> but I feel like doing something like that um, player friendly, like giving uh, empowering him to have options. He, he might come back to Carolina, all things equal. If the, if the money landscape um, is similar. So Carolina has obviously been like, we can't, we're not going here with the money, but if you can go and get it, more power to you, we'll do a sign and trade for you. But if not, we're still here, we still like you, we can, you know, make it happen at this amount. So go see what you can get. We're still here, and maybe we can get an asset for you by trading you to the team that's willing to give you that. So... I think Carolina's handling it, um, you know, it, while not ideal to potentially lose out on such a a great um, right-handed top-pairing defenseman, um, you know, they're also not going to handcuff them into a, a ridiculously expensive contract that has ramifications all the way down throughout the roster and moving forward. So... You know, these U, the UFA age puts both team and player in these uh, in these spots. Uh, it, it's widely well, I don't know if it's widely known, but I've said it many times on the podcast. I I think you know, unrestricted free agency should be a thing after the first three years of a of a player's deal. Um, restricted free agency should go bye bye, so that teams can invest $9 million in Dougie Hamilton when he's in his mid-20s, not towards the end. So I have a, it's, it's one of those things where I think you, 
we're never going to get to see that because the players that have influence in the players association are aged. It's not the young guys that get to go, hey, we deserve to get paid at 24, not at 28. We're about to hit our prime. Pay us now. Like, that that's the problem. Because you, you're exactly right. I, I, you should have your three-year entry-level deal. After that, you're an unrestricted. If, if the team doesn't want to sign you before you finish the last year of your entry-level, then... Go do what you want, dude. How about it? The players should have more freedom than they do. And I would argue that player freedom would benefit the teams as well. I agree. Because you wouldn't be put in this bad spot. Because losing Dougie Hamilton sucks. The Hurricanes are knocking on the door of being a true contender. Yeah, Tampa dialed them up. But Tampa also... It's Tampa. Well, even more so this year... The Kucherov thing is legitimately a thing, okay? They are over the cap. <laughs> they are fitting in players. Yep. Tyler Johnson, uh, players of that ilk, would not have been packed into this roster. Now, I want to be clear. I am not blaming the Tampa Bay Lightning. I do not fault them at all for doing what they did. But that is uh, them being very smart, taking advantage of some loopholes, and being in a situation of a shortened season, knowing they weren't really in danger of missing the playoffs at all, they were able to go headfirst into this, well, Kucherov's going to be out, but his recovery, <laughs> I guess it lines up with the playoffs. Like, for example, Evgeny Malkin's getting knee surgery. The Penguins are not holding him out 82 games and having him return for the playoffs. Like, this was a unique situation. Tampa did a great job of exploiting it. But they also do you feel it. Their do you way stronger than what yeah. it probably should be? And Carolina went up against that, and they lost. I thought the series would go a little bit longer, but they're not like far off. But losing Hamilton, no, they don't. That kind of sucks. It's really uh, kind of it, it. It it sucks a lot, and it's it's actually it's interesting. Like you get there and. I was like, after Vegas beat Colorado, I'm like, oh, Colorado are fine. They're going to just be able to just reload. But it's like, there are some key components to their roster that are uncertain whether they'll return back to Colorado. Like, think of Brandon Saad, right? He did win a cup with Chicago, right? Am I right, or have I got that wrong? Pardon? Saad won a cup with Chicago, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Like, yes, I, I, yeah. Right, so he has he has none of that pull in regards to oh I've got to go somewhere where I can win a cup. So he's got no reason to go back to Carolina, uh, sorry to uh, Colorado. So he can just fuck off, and that that really screws up the balance of that roster, right? Dougie Hamilton well, may just I mean, get there we don't, and go. We don't know that side doesn't want to continue to. No, no, I, I fully understand You're that, right. but he doesn't have that. I, I haven't won one yet. Chasing one scenario. versus having one in your pocket is certainly a different dynamic. In fact, Saad might even have two. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, literally, can't remember. And the thing, like Hamilton hasn't. Hamilton didn't win one when he was at Boston, right? He wasn't at Boston when they won, did they? Oh God, it's too hard to remember. If he was, I don't think he was playing. 
Yeah. So, like, he kind of may have that pull of, I want to win a cup, right? Like, may have that. Yeah, 13-14 was when he was at Boston, so that's no. 2010-11, um, he had not played an NHL game. He yeah. No, no, no. That's... Dogs in the OHL. Yeah. So, so yeah, I yeah. just... Yeah, I, you just you get there with Hamilton. It's like if you have that drive of I really, really want to win a cup. You would, if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, you'd go. Hopefully he'll stay because like they, you are right, right. They're right on the precipice of being right there. But if he's like, you know what, I love playing hockey, but I just want to make sure I keep myself my kids and my kids' kids secure the rest of my life, fuck off and go and take the pay. You know what I mean? Because somebody will overpay for the man. Yeah, so the other important variable here is you. Carolina's starting to, to be in um, this area of they got some contracts they're going to have to start um thinking about not only um, Hamilton, but um, forgive me, and- Andrei Svechnikov is at an RFA right now. He He's going to make that. Oh, he's too. Jesus. Yes, he should too. Um, You're absolutely next right. Next year, Niederreiter and Trocek are up. Um, oh, what do you do with Niederreiter at the age of 29 hmm. next year? Jeez, that's a tough one as well. Trocek is going to be 28. I mean... If- yeah. Yeah, they're in a lot of these spots um, that make it tough, and and tough. and you don't yeah. want to. It's almost like they're they're kind of in their window, and I do trust them more so than most. Like with Eric Tolsky there and stuff, like they'll try and figure it out and make the best um, judgments there. Uh, they do have Jake Gardner on the books right now at $4 million for another two years. They're going to have to find a taker for that. Maybe Seattle launders a <laughs> But do you see what I'm saying? Like how Seattle could. Yeah. Like someone like Carolina. Yep. Hey, you're kind of in money trouble. We can help you, but it's going to cost you a little bit um, kind of deal. And the thing Sorry. with taking Jake Gardner is he's not he's not a tie fighter. Like, he's got his flaws, don't get me wrong, but he's not a bad NHL player. Like, he has his flaws. You just need to put... You need to have a coach that will deploy him correctly. But if you can use a guy like Jake Gardner to pilfer him from Carolina, plus... Yeah, but plus get something, then you're doing all right if you're Seattle. Like, I I do get your argument. I get what you're saying, yeah. So, as far as, like... They actually don't have a signed goaltender, by the way, just so you know. They actually don't have a signed goaltender. That seems on brand, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Carolina's never really invested. Um, although, Nedelo, I can't say his name. How do you say Okay. Nedelkovic? Yeah, Nagal. He's 25. Nedelkovic. He's... He's 25, right? He's, an he's not a kid. No, but he's yeah, an he RFA. is an RFA. With not, like they can bring him back, and they will. Like they will. 
but it is it is one of those things where I'm like, this is a team that you know I thought was legit Stanley Cup contender. Actually, don't have a goaltender signed past this year. It's just hilarious. That's all. That's that's a bit that I find funny. Yeah. So, be interesting to see where he goes. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of interest for top pairing right defenders. Uh, being that he is a UFA and he's also way better than Seth Jones. Uh, Seth Jones oh, obviously God, yeah. out there as well. Uh, but you would have to trade for him and then give him a bad contract, which he will not live up to. I do not view Seth Jones <laughs> in, the, in the Doug Hamilton uh, tier of players. So you would, uh, Dougie Hamilton's in a better spot here for a team to get value. You don't have to give something up. Even if you were to sign and trade, the sign and trade value is not... What are you talking about? A third-round no. pick or something? It's not. It's not what the Blue Jackets are going to be looking at. Um, no, correct. For Seth Jones or something along those lines. Um, I was trying to see. I thought I saw an article today. Destinations for Dougie Hamilton. I did. Uh, Greg Wojcinski of ESPN. They said oh, the Blackhawks. Like the wish. Blue Jackets trying to replace said uh, previously mentioned Seth Jones the Panthers would be interesting the Oilers makes total sense but god damn Dougie don't do that uh, the Kings well okay I get why you say Dougie don't do that but like are the Oilers like one high quality defenseman away from being high no. quality or no. are they a goalie away from being high quality like I don't get it with the uh, Oilers neither <laughs> it sucks okay it does it like it, it does the thing is though they have McDavid they are a goalie and Dougie Hamilton away from being competent they are not a competent team they are okay so I, am I am I being am I being sort of glossed over by the fact that they played in the Canadian division this year and it really hid the fact that they're not that great? Is that where my head is? Yes, as far as on a team okay. level, I yeah. don't. I I would not yeah. extend that to. Well, McDavid only got the points because he was in the North Division. Uh, oh no 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 no! no, no, no. I'm on a team level. Yeah. I agree. Um, the North Division. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, Give me a break. So, well, the the representative is one one in the in the in the finals. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> um, nuts. It is Dougie nuts. Hamilton and the Kraken. That would this is a Kraken podcast now. It sounds like it, yeah. Like you know, again, I know. The Kraken want to be near that floor, but let's say they go and get Eichel and sign Hamilton, and now you, you, you got some interesting building blocks, some real core players right out the gate. Um, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, Seattle seems like it would have good museums for young Douglas to, to go <laughs> Especially on all those rainy uh, days to, to go out and do something. So... Oh, that's um, hilarious. Well done, Ryan. That's very clever. <laughs> I like that. That was enjoyable. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that's one. Of, I, I, can't, I don't. Well, I don't want him to leave Carolina because they've done it kind of the right way. Do you know what I mean? And you're right. They, they're right up against the wall with a couple of these contracts that are about to come up. I, I just, I'd like him to go. You know what? I'll stay at a decent rate, like not cheap as chips sort of garbage, like at a decent clip. Do you know what I mean? Mhm. I just can't see it happening. <laughs> I mean, there's a path. There is the path for him to return, and I think I laid that out. Go see what you can get. If the flat cap has impacted what you thought you could get, and we're still in the neighborhood, come on back. I hope that's the option. It very well could be. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, I think you know that's as much as I have on that. It, we're just going to have to play a waiting game with Eichel and Hamilton, but. Franchise center at 24, um, franchise defenseman a little bit older. Anytime those players are on the move, it makes for interesting stuff. Um, more interesting than my perception of the hockey being played. Um, oh, come on, man. My Vegas Flurry Knights are going well. Thank you very much. So don't try and tell me the playoffs are garbage. I, I actually enjoy watching the Knights, so I will... Uh, make more of an effort to tune in to that, even though the games are a little bit later. Um, tell me, tell me you watched. Tell like me you watched the Avalanche. Tell me you watched the Avalanche series though. All of it. Yeah, that was that, that was really good hockey. That was really yeah, fun the best hockey to watch. Can offer right now. Yeah, it's a shame that it went out in the second round though, isn't it? Well, yes, but also. Glad they met. Um, the the yes. bummer was um, not so much for me second round because I don't have a real uh, stake in either of those two teams. The bummer was it didn't go seven games. And uh, Philip Grubauer, you own that one. Uh, very stinky game six from him. Um, and wouldn't you know it, he's second among active goalies in save percentage to Tuka Rask. I didn't think he was that high up there, so... He's a good goalie who was that's, dinged up, who played like crap. That's amazing that you get there and you go, who are the two goalies that have got the highest save percentage? And you go, it's Grubauer and Rask, and it's like, well, they're toast. It does show you how it's all situational, doesn't it? Like, it's just nuts. And Rask is having uh, labrum, hip labrum yeah, surgery, that, which... That uh, can't have been fun, trying to play with that. You know, he's he's a gamer for a goalie trying to play through that? Jeez. It's too bad the Bruins um, didn't have Halak um, available. Cause... They had... So this is the thing that I find really bizarre. They were all all yabbering on about how awesome Swayman was, and it's like the coach still got there and went, I'm going to go with a busted-up Tuka Rask over Swayman. Like, what are you going to do? It's just, yeah, I don't know how they... Like, Rask may not even come back yet. He's, he, he hasn't committed. So I'll be very curious to see what happens with Boston. He might not play because, next year, period, because of that injury. Yeah, but if he doesn't, if, if, if he pulls the pin, what do some of their older guys do? They might just go, fuck it, it's not worth it, and, and pull the pin altogether themselves. Yeah. Because Bergeron's only got his contract for... this, this year. I, he might just go, fuck it, I don't timeline care. timeline where... Sorry. 
that there was a timeline I was considering um, Rask as a potential, like if he didn't go back to Boston, uh, Penguins clear out some space and, and commit to him for two or three years, but yeah. not with the, the hip thing. No, no. We'll just do it with Halak. <laughs> but I, I get what you say. I know what you mean. Yeah, I'm going to dive into the goalie market eventually. Um, That's so hard to do, though. It's such a... I know. I, I haven't even, like, began, like, my true off-season research yet because it's so delayed. We're, we're talking a month away from the draft, um, the expansion draft being uh, literally about a month away in a couple days. It, it, there's just so much yeah, time before then. Even taking those two factors, like those deadline dates, into account, goalies are fraught with danger anyway. Yeah, I mean... They're just... They're, they're so hard to grab as a free agent. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. It's just nuts. It, it's like when you get one from your drafting, you you cling on to that, that goal tender with dear life. Like, the, like they got two caress from a trade, and you just sit there and you just shake your head at that sort of stuff. Like... You know, Kerry Price is a rare exception. Roberto Luongo flip-flopped around in, in different situations. Who's the who's the last guy that sort of stayed where he was? Marty Brodeur? Goalies are hard, man. They are really, really fucking hard to get right. Oh, and the funny thing about... He's been in Boston forever. Wasn't he... A, he was... He was oh, God. This shows you how bad my memory is when I'm fucking pissed. Um, goalies are hard. You find one, you keep them, and and that's just that's just one of those challenges that every NHL club deals with. And I don't know how the Kraken solve that problem, seeing as they have probably roster nothing in the pipeline. Yeah, they they probably will. And, and and I know you're not the massivest fan of Fleury. But they're not being able to just grab a flurry like Vegas did. It's a problem. It is a legit problem. There's certainly risk with uh, Mark Andre, but um, that risk has paid off. He's he's put together more great seasons than clunkers for Vegas. He's he's been a better night than a Penguin. I think that's safe to say. I think he's had the same regular seasons as a Vegas, as a night as a Penguin. He just hasn't had the same chokes as a playoff performer as a knight as a penguin so I think that's the difference there but regular season wise I don't think there's been too much let's be honest he's going to be a Vesna finalist something he never did in Pittsburgh and and didn't really even come close yeah actually you know what that's true you are correct there and he's a hard to believe that a Vesna finalist yeah hard to believe that a goalie's gotten better as he's gotten older he could yeah, win the award, the and there is an yeah. argument that would be the right choice. This is a oh, don't give me that. Age there is no six for that motherfucker. There is no, there is <laughs> no argument. It could be the if he wins it, yeah. he wins it legit. There's no freaking oh, I feel sorry for him. He should win it. If he wins it, he wins it legit. I still think that's well. Gets I think it. that might be what pushes him over is a career great guy vote i hate that i hate that because Vasilevsky has us is is there too okay like you know he he might win it 
Um, I do think NHL GMs widely do believe Vasilevsky's the best goalie in the league, but um, Flurry should finish no lower than second. Although I guess nah. I, I haven't paid. He's in the top three for Hellebuck. crying out loud. Like yes, yeah. for sure. He's in There's the top three. Sorry, this year. No. Um, a truly no. remarkable age 36 season for Flurry. I mean, he's knocking on the door of um, the Stanley Cup final again for the second time with the Knights. Um, this, of course, does nothing to change my opinion of the Hall of Fame, but who cares about that? In this moment, I'm not, right now he's playing great hockey. Not even attempting to do that. It was just one of those things where it is bizarre that and I, I say bizarre for the deliberate reason that, as a goalie, he should be on the decline. And he, it feels like, at the worst, he's just plateaued. And he's you watch his games. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing that he's I just... having a career yeah, let's, It's just nuts. And, I, and as after everyone the, knows... After the <laughs> nights were like, oh, boy, let's get Laner because we need some goaltending here. <laughs> Uh, I don't look, the, and that's the beauty of being an expansion team. You can pay twelve million in goaltending and still acquire Pietrangelo, Pacioretty, Stone. It's, it's bullshit, isn't it? It's just not scratch. So you can fuck yeah, up, and you're not in a spot that the other thirty teams are in, and soon to be. Yeah, you're not well, it's, well, yeah. Still be thirty teams that are because. Uh, Seattle and Vegas would be just the unique members of the league at that point. So, um, is there anything else that we've forgotten about? Oh no, I don't think ex- extraneous to the the playoffs. No, I mean I really want Tampa to win. I just can't see Tampa the, Vegas. I, I just is don't what want, I need to... want. Yeah, yeah, we both sit on the same boat. I do not I'll need take Tampa an Islanders. Montreal. No, nah, I don't want Montreal in. I'll, I'll take. I, listen. I'll take the Islanders. I will really. I the Islanders can fuck right off. Now. Oh no no! Hey, we have we have fans. very personal Penguins. We have very personal Penguins reasons to have nah, the Islanders it's, fuck it's, right it's, off. It's, no, it's not that. I don't care that they beat the Penguins. I do not play for the Penguins. I do not work for the Penguins. Who cares? Not um, yet. Not yet. It is strictly. I do not like watching them play if Matt Barzell is not on the ice. Yes, I agree with that sentiment, absolutely. So, it solidifies all the things in the sport that sap the entertainment out. I understand why Barry Trotz does it. I understand why Islander fans are proud of their team and don't give a shit what people like me have to say. I get all that. You don't have to care what I have to say. You you go enjoy your team's run. That's what being a fan is. I, not a fan of the Islanders, have no fucking time for them. They are boring, and they can fuck off. That is my official stance. Yep. So, I, and that is that is the Hockey Hurts podcast stance. Full stop. You're exactly right. I'm not going to hear you. You're not going to hear me argue any of what you just said. So, Islander fans, you don't have to get mad at me. Go enjoy your team. They are on a great run. This is, you know, especially with uh, the last year at Nassau Coliseum, the Coliseum's rocking. You go enjoy that. You don't have to, like, worry about people that think your team is boring, even though your team is really fucking boring. Uh, (laughs) 
you don't have to worry about any of that. People like me, I might choose to watch the NBA or the US Open or something else, even though the Lightning are involved. Because if it's not entertaining, I'm not going to waste my time. I'm in my late 30s. I'm not going to just watch hockey because I'm going to watch hockey. It has to not suck. <laughs> they, they, they are a tough watch. I agree. Absolutely. So, I, I find Montreal... Excuse me. They're not I great I find Montreal either, a tough watch as well. I have time for Cole Caulfield, much like I do for Barzell. <laughs> uh, I wish they would play Tatar more because he's... Um, uh, talented player and hint hint a free agent might t- be talking about him uh, in the next few weeks uh, Carey Price is obviously a big personality um, Jeff Petrie looks like he's in a zombie apocalypse with his eyes recently so yeah, that was terrible I don't know what the hell's going on there it's like Michael Jordan with his jaundice ass eyes in his documentary yeah I know that's nuts so Petrie will take Petri will take the Michael Jordan comparison though, I'm sure. Yeah. Minus the six titles and six finals MVPs and uh, don't don't go, go don't go into the details, dude. Being a psychopath to his teammates. <laughs> Correct. Um Alright, I guess that will be that. Um That will do it for today's podcast. I'd say Tune in next week, but honestly, the summer schedule, um, the reason, you know, we haven't been recording is more my fault than anybody's, um, travel, <laughs> soccer, life, things like that. So we try to fit them in when we can. Um, and sometimes it's after Cam's been at the bar for eight hours. So, uh, like today. So. Listen. <laughs> uh, so we do what we can. Uh, we'll be back when we are. It will be at some point before, um, could be as early as next week. Could be, um, it, it will be before the expansion draft and all that for sure. So, um, until then. Oh, good God. I've got to stop hiccuping. Cam's going to go Christ. drink some water. Um, and I'm going to kick off this uh, uh, first ever Juneteenth weekend at the pool. So, uh, until next Have time. Have a w- wonderful day, and I am going to go. I will talk to you guys later. <laughs> See ya. Oh, good God. Bye. Bye.